don't chase happiness because that is a temporary feeling and it's going to fade, but chase purpose and chase meaning. And meaning can look so different to so many people. And living a purpose-driven life means it has hardships, means it has reality. And I think that is what's so beautiful is about living a purpose-driven life is it doesn't stray away from the hardships and the difficult times, but it leans into them because it knows that that is going to lead to something incredible and amazing. And it's molding me into a better version of myself. It's, it's refining my character. Welcome everyone to Love with Lisa podcast. Our mission at Love with Lisa is to share people's stories and the challenges that they have overcome so that those who are listening in can get the strength, the courage, and the hope to be their better selves. Today, we have a very heartwarming guest. Once you open her social media page, you know that it feels different. It truly inspires you and encourages you to become your better self, to look into your health and well-being. She also coaches so many other people and is already helping them to, be, to achieve their goals. And also she is now pursuing holistic nutrition studies to even help more people and to help them into a deeper way. Jisoo, welcome to the show. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for that introduction. That genuinely warmed my heart. It encouraged me so much and I am so grateful to be here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to have you here. And also when it, it's true, exactly what I mentioned. And just before we started rolling, you were asking why exactly I chose you. And that's one of the reasons is when I opened your page, I, tr I really, truly felt that your why is so strong and that you really, really care for people and you really want to help them. It's not that you just want to share some tips or to just show your lifestyle. It just comes from such a genuine place and that it's quite rare to find that on social media. So I thought, let me chat with her. Let me just see if we can have this podcast because I really want to dive deeper into your why. And how did you, why did you actually start this social media page? And what was your journey a bit more in that direction? Well, thank you so much that I'm so glad that when people come onto my page, that they feel comforted and encouraged and inspired because that is exactly my mission. I actually deleted my personal account um, a year ago. And before that, I just had a normal account. I would share the highlights of my life. It was very just self-promotional. And I didn't really have a purpose with my account other than having it just be something that my friends and family follow. But it wasn't until last year where I started to really reflect on my life. And there was a lot of internal work that I had not gone through. So on the outside, I was traveling abroad. I was going to Australia. I was going to incredible university studying for medical school. I had everything going for me, but on the inside, I was really struggling a lot. My mental health was in a horrible condition and I knew that something had to change. And so I started to really dig deep and reflect internally. And I really started to press deeper into my faith. And I knew that God was telling me, Jisoo, if you want to change your life, if you want to have a different path and a different direction, you need to sacrifice something. And in that moment, my biggest idol and my biggest crush in a sense was my social media because I would just scroll and compare myself. And it was, I would go on there and feel horrible. And it didn't really have a purpose other than to just compare myself. So I actually permanently deleted my account 
which is absolutely crazy to me because that was so much of my identity. And for nine months, I just did a lot of healing. I went to therapy. I did a ton of journaling, a lot of alone time. There were many moments where I felt very challenged and almost lonely in a sense, but I needed to step away from all of these distractions and really ask myself, what am I actually passionate about that society or my family or all of these, these perceptions of what I think success is and what do I actually want to do with my life? And so for the next nine months, it was a time of solitude and a time of really being intentional with myself. And I had no intentions of coming back on social media. I thought, okay, I'm done. I am off social media. I'm going to be that person who doesn't have an Instagram. Um, but as I started to heal and really fall in love with healing your body holistically through your mind, through your body and through your soul, I couldn't help but want to share it with other people because I truly believe that our biggest purpose is to share what we have learned. And so I kept having this inkling of wanting to come back on Instagram with a completely different intention. And so it's crazy because it truly feels that I have been preparing for this moment for nine months by sacrificing the one thing I thought I could never give up and then coming back on when I never thought I would. And so I came back on February of 2022 this year with a completely different intention of purely just creating the account that I have now, which is Health with Jisoo, to give back. It's not about me, even though I post about me. It's about I every single thing, every single day I think about how is this going to impact someone that is watching my stuff, looking at my stories, commenting on my posts. It is all about you guys, all about people and inspiring people to become the healthiest, most purpose-driven versions of themselves. And so right now that is my mission. And long story short, I thought I was going to go to medical school. I even was in the process of applying right now. And a couple months back, I just realized that my true passion is not medicine and prescribing drugs and pills, which is a completely different topic. But my true passion is helping people become well and to thrive and not just survive. And so right now I'm so incredibly passionate about my Instagram account and just sharing my platform. And I also have like my own podcast where I interview other amazing people. Um, and just really, I want to make such a beautiful impact on people's lives and that is kind of how my journey started. There's so much, but I've been rambling on and on. And so I will leave it at there for now. I think it was just so beautiful. And I got the goosebumps multiple times when you were sharing your story, because I think that life has almost such a unique sense of humor. You know, you leave social media thinking that That's yeah. something you cannot give up. And then you come back to social media is actually being your true purpose and a platform where you can share your story and actually help yes. people and being so intentional. And I got the chills again, being so intentional. And I, I find that there's just so much power behind being intentional, but at the same time with any situation in life and social media being also one of those, it's what you make of it. It, you, it could be actually yes. used as a tool to connect with like-minded people, to share and help uh, your community that you've created and have this warm feeling. And also at the same time, it could be used as an escape, as a, um, a place where you go scrolling and comparing and actually mm. leaving 
social media and feeling just so drained and tired and yeah. bad about yourself. And then I think it just mm. such a huge difference because you've experienced both. So you've, you've known yes. one side and then you consciously chosen to actually dive deeper into the other side. And now it's so intentional mm -hmm. and you've had the pain of knowing the previous side. So now you're even your why now going to the other side yes. is even stronger. And I just love mm -hmm. honestly, this is so impressive. And, um, oh, thank yeah, you. it's, it's, I it's just really... want to go on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to emphasize what you just said. I absolutely agree with you before when I just had my account for myself, it was all about me. How can I, how can I be loved by how many comments I get, how many likes I get, how many followers I have, whatnot. But once I created my new account and had a purpose, I literally wake up every single day excited to share my journey, excited to give back. And it's been incredible. I've been able to connect with you. I've been able to connect with so many incredible women through my podcast online. And genuinely, when I go on now, I don't compare myself at all. And I'm just so inspired by so many different incredible people who are doing the most amazing things in the world. And it's just that tiny shift of, okay, am I going to go on social media to get fed of a part of me that needs work outside of social media, whether it be through working on myself, the past trauma you have, mending a broken relationship with your family, whatever it may be, or am I going to go on social media and, and have an intention with it? Yeah. And actually I wanted to ask you because you mentioned, so now you don't compare yourself to others in social media. And would you say that you managed to achieve it like 100% successfully or is it like in most of the cases you don't compare yourself? Because I really wanted to dive deeper into that. Mm. And I can also share just from my personal example, most of the times I don't, but I feel like, for example, sometimes when I'm more tired or I'm just like still end mm. up in the more mindless side of the social media, then I can spot myself comparing. And even it could be mm. you put so much effort into creating a certain piece of content and then it didn't get as much appreciation. And you're like, why? Like that person oh. got so much more. And yeah. I also want to reach even more people and help more people. So mm -hmm. how is it for you? So is it completely, completely not comparing? And if it is, just let me know how. <laughs> Well, no, it is absolutely false. I take back what I said about not comparing myself all the time. It is a different kind of comparison, right? Because now I am a content creator. I'm putting out content. Like you said, I'm always trying to analyze what is doing well, what people want from me. And so obviously I'm going to compare myself with other content creators in the health and wellness space. But I also want to clarify that comparison in itself is not a bad thing. It is okay to compare yourself with someone else because that means you have certain standards. That means you know what you want and means that you are either, you either want what someone else has or you're trying to involve and grow. So I don't think comparison in itself is a bad thing. I, I think it has a very negative connotation, but it's when comparison leads you to feel worse about yourself. Yeah. And so when I do find myself asking, why don't I have enough followers? Because that is a huge thing that I'm going through right now. Why is my content not blowing up? Why, when I'm more authentic on my social media, which I have been recently, I've really broken out of my shell and really talked, you know, on my stories naturally and really shared my personality. You know, why am I not growing so much more? All of these limiting beliefs, whatever it may be. 
I catch myself now because beforehand I would have just started spiraling down this rabbit hole of I'm unworthy, I'm horrible, no one loves me, I'm not beautiful enough, etc. But now I will catch myself and say, okay, Jisoo, I'm comparing myself for a reason. And so I'm going to dig even deeper. Okay, I'm actually insecure about this. Let me work on that. And so now when I think about comparison, if I ever feel insecure or have negative emotions when I'm comparing myself to other people, I think, okay, this is actually a great tool and a great insight and a better awareness of the weaknesses or the struggles that I can work on outside of social media, if that makes sense. But no, it is never perfect. I'm not perfect either. I still compare myself daily and it's something that I'm really working on. But I would love to get to a place where I can really say it's more about the journey and not about the destination. And I think that's when comparison starts to fizzle away. You know, you were, you just, I think you were one of the first people that just mentioned that comparison is not necessarily always bad because in my mind, I always Mm -hmm. thought of it as a negative thing that I need to avoid and felt guilty when I would spot, um, just find myself complaining, comparing. And I just remembered a quote from Mel Robbins that is very much, it's, it's mm-hmm. about jealousy, but now I can see the link between jealousy and comparison. And it basically probably already yeah. know it, uh, but it was saying that you will not be jealous. So jealousy is, is a signal because basically you would not be jealous of something that you don't desire, like that your soul truly does not de- yes. desire. So like, say like someone has a blue car or I don't know, I don't really want a car. So I see someone w- driving that blue mm-hmm. car and I don't feel any jealousy or any emotion towards that. I don't want that blue car. But whereas like you see someone who is like a great community on Instagram and you, you could experience jealousy, mm. like, oh my God, that's the signal of something that I truly want. And to use that as a signal is so mm-hmm. powerful. And now when you mentioned that comparison as well, it shows you that you do have certain standards and it also points out that's something that I'm, some things that are important for you. And I was like, okay, now. Yes. It's very interesting because you can also start using using it as just a signaling tool for yourself to just spot things Mm -hmm. that truly matter to you. Yes, exactly. That Mel Robbins is where I actually was listening to one of her podcasts the other day and she was talking about exactly that, about how jealousy is actually a reflection of what you truly want and how you can actually empower yourself to say, okay, if I'm jealous about someone who has a greater following than me. Why am I jealous? Okay. It's because I feel that in my mind, they are more worthy or inspiring more people, or they have a bigger platform. So they matter more. Okay. Well, what's the reality? The reality is I'm still inspiring people. And if that is what truly matters, I'm doing that already. And so it's kind of taking that comparison. It's okay to compare things in your life. It's what you do after you compare those things in that sense. And I love what you mentioned about really understanding what you desire, because so often when we don't really know what we want, we start to be jealous of everything and everyone. Mm -hmm. But once we really get to know ourselves, we start to recognize what do I actually want? And instead of jealousy, it becomes inspiration. And for me, that's what I'm working on is shifting from jealousy of, I could have looked at you and said, I'm so much more, I'm so jealous that she has a bigger podcast, bigger, whatever. Or I could say, Hey, if she can do it, I can do it. She's done it. I can do it. And that is what gets me up in the morning. And and when I think, 
I can't do this. Who am I to have a platform who would ever follow me? I think, okay, I follow this one person. I know she started from zero, so I can do it too. And that shift has really, really, really helped my mental health and changed the game for me. Oh my God. And I also think everyone, everyone, somebody now who has millions of followers started with zero. Everyone started with zero. Yes. And then in the beginning, mm -hmm. it's like everyone had so many hardships. And I just also, I absolutely love Jay Shetty. And I think I almost mentioned him in every podcast. So Jay Shetty, at any point of time, you listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. You impacted my life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What were you saying? Oh, no, I was just agreeing with you. I love Jay Shetty as well. <laughs> and he's absolutely incredible. So if he's listening... He should come on this podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and um, I w he was mentioning in terms of that he also started with zero followers and his success currently in life is also attributed that he got more, even more no's and even more rejections than any person with less success because he just put himself out there so much more and he, ha he had like so much more rejections, but mm -hmm. also a higher rate of success. You know, if you put yourself out there into like 100 opportunities, 95 got rejected, but you still get five. And many people just put themselves to three opportunities mm -hmm. and it could be that three get rejected and they feel so sad. Um, Yeah, but I, I think just like starting from zero and everyone starts from zero and just like even realizing that is so powerful. And also when you mentioned um, that you have this question, like, who am I to um, have this platform and who am I to actually give advice to people? I think mm -hmm. this is the question that so many of us have. And each of us is so unique and we offer, there's only one of us. Only one person of us, like you, exactly mm. like you, with your unique traits, your beautiful gifts that you have in this world. And that already makes it, makes you qualified to actually share your stories, to share your gifts with the world. And even, I feel like we even have a moral obligation to do so. We cannot just shy away from the work and not mm. contribute into this world the way we have to contribute. <laughs> Mm, yeah, that is absolutely so powerful. And I just want to say to anyone, you don't have to be a content creator to make an impact in people's life. If you have people in your life, you are already making an impact. And I think it's when we recognize that we have so much influence over other people in our lives, whether it be online or in person. And we start to really ask ourselves, how do I want to be known? For me personally, I want to be known for helping people live the best versions of themselves. You start to have a purpose where it's not just about you anymore, but it's about serving others. And I think that is when just the purpose and the gratitude and the meaning comes into life. And I always tell people, don't chase happiness. And I think Jay Shetty has said this out as well, is don't chase happiness because that is a temporary feeling and it's going to fade, but chase purpose and chase meaning. And Meaning can look so different to so many people and living a purpose-driven life means it has hardships, means it has reality. And I think that is what's so beautiful is about living a purpose-driven life is it doesn't stray away from the hardships and the difficult times, but it leans into them because it knows that that is going to lead to something incredible and amazing. And it's molding me into a better version of myself. It's, it's refining my character And maybe I'm going off on a tangent, but I just want to encourage anyone who is listening, you already have influence and you already are making an incredible impact in this world. 
And yeah, I just wanted to say that because I feel that I almost have this superpower where I can see someone where, where I meet someone and I think to my, and I know the potential they have. It's so weird. Like I could see you, maybe it's the first interaction and we talk and within five seconds, I think she can make such a beautiful impact in this world. If she believed in herself, if she rooted for herself, if she was all in and she really just went after what she was passionate and purpose driven about. And so when I look at certain people, I think, oh my goodness, you have so much potential in this world and you have so much to offer, but it really starts with us. And it really starts with healing ourselves and working within because I truly believe that we can't give what we don't have. Yeah. Oh my God. You mentioned just so many things that I wanted to pinpoint just right there. And you mentioned hardships and that any purpose-driven life would have them and having a purpose just basically makes them worthwhile. And I wanted to mention the quote, mm -hmm. something that I saw on your posts and stories. It was that your greatest pain could be your greatest service to others. And I find it so profound that something that actually your biggest challenge in life that you faced, it actually will be the one that will connect you to other people and will help, will, will be something that you can help others with. And you were basically the one given the challenge so that you can figure it out and then help others. <laughs> so I was wondering mm -hmm. what, what are those, some of the challenges or the pains that you've experienced that are, are now actually helping you to serve others to help like in your coaching or in your social media journey? Do you have any that you also feel that it was the pain that you experienced and that's why now you can so easily help others and connect with others on it? Yes, absolutely. Um, I would say about a year or year and a half ago, I was in a very dark place. And throughout my life, I just experienced a lot of childhood trauma that I didn't resolve or get over. And I would constantly ask myself and I would ask God, God, why did I go through this? Why me? Why my family? Why this experience? It's so painful. I couldn't get over it. And I would constantly ask him, why? Just take this one part of my life away. Why me? And I would constantly ask that question and avoid pain and run away from it and ignore it, ignore the struggles, ignore the hardships. And I would constantly ask myself, why me? And there came to a point where when I was healing, I recognized that pain is inevitable. In this life, there is going to be pain, but there's a difference between pain and suffering because pain is just a, oh, how do I describe it? Pain is an experience in the moment, but suffering is a choice. Suffering is meditating on that pain, simmering in that pain, letting it affect you in a way that is may not be necessary. And so for me, my greatest pain was my childhood trauma and not being able to move on from it. And it was affecting every aspect of my life. And so last year when I started to really heal myself and recognize that if I didn't address the lingering effects of my childhood trauma, it would forever affect me in the future. And it was holding me back from really becoming the best version of myself. And I knew that God was telling me, if you want to step into the purpose that I have for you, then you need to take a step back instead of taking a step forward when I'm 22 right now. And when I was graduating from college, 
you think you're going forward, right? Everyone just goes after that career is hustling is grinding, but instead it's crazy because I graduated college and I went into a time of isolation by deleting my account, going inward, journaling, going to therapy, healing. And it was so difficult in the moment to do the opposite of what all of my other friends were doing. But I knew that my greatest pain right now was something that I really needed to heal from. And as I went on that journey and as as I was healing and as I was growing, I knew that this was my purpose. I knew that God had allowed me to experience this pain. I don't believe that um, he, I don't believe that he is intentional in causing pain. I think he allows pain to happen for a greater purpose. And looking back now, I know that everything that I went through has a purpose. And that is a choice that I can make. I can either look back and be a victim of what has happened to me, or I can look back and say, I'm going to take what has happened and I'm going to use that for a greater meaning. And so as I started to heal, I started to ask myself, how can I embrace this? And how can I actually use this as a gift and as a tool? And as I was just sharing, you know, creating my account and everything and just being more vulnerable, I would have these thoughts, like, who am I to share my journey? Who would even be interested? What credentials do I have? What not? But it's truly just my story and someone who came from an immigrant family in a single parent household as a Korean American growing up in America. There is so much more depth already in that. And I knew as an Asian American, I felt also called to really step into this part of the healing journey and being vulnerable because a lot of people in the Asian American community, emotions and healing and therapy and family relationships is not talked about enough. And even being um, a content creator as an Asian American or a Korean American, I think is not commonly found enough. And that was also another reason why I decided to step out and use my greatest pain as my greatest purpose. And now I am still healing. I'm still in the process of going through all of the things that I've been through. But another thing that I do want to say is that a lot of the past trauma was manifesting in physical symptoms or in mental health issues. And before I didn't connect the dots and I would just question, oh, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's I'm working too hard. But recently I've come to realize something so powerful, which is my body was actually speaking to me and it was holding on to all of this trauma in the past. And it was manifesting through physical symptoms, whether it be through feeling so fatigued or tired or stressed or having mental health issues, whatever it may be. And instead of beating myself down and saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've been so hard to myself. Instead saying, thank you body for giving me these signals and these signs, because now I'm going to finally listen to you and heal and really address the things that are coming up in my life. And it's been an absolute incredible journey. The most challenging thing I've been through in my entire life, but here I am now, and I have just never felt more on fire every time I wake up and more purpose-driven every single day. So I hope that kind of answered your question. Sorry if it didn't. No, please don't say sorry. It has been beautiful. And even when you were just sharing your story, I could see the shift in terms of your mindset based on the questions that you were asking yourself. 
you start you went from why is this happening to me to listening to yourself listen to the body how can i use this as a gift how can i use this as a tool and you, even in those questions you see how much more powerful it is what and you are becoming and actually mm -hmm. tapping into your power and i 100 believe into the uh, in believing the connection between your um state and also how physical symptoms and how it is connected and our bodies are so wise. And actually I have not read this book myself, but I've heard so many great things mm -hmm. about it. It's called your body keeps the score. And it's basically how you also care. You still carry so yeah. many of these traumas and experiences in your body and you remember. So I'm really looking forward to reading that book, but 100% I agree with that. And just listening to your body. And when you listen to your body and you actually appreciate it and respect it it gives you so much more back because it it just loves that it's been listened to and i find it i think it just like something that i personally had as a rule it's like i can push myself very hard and at the same time even if there is an important deadline and mm -hmm. my body is like i really wanted to have a nap i will prioritize that nap instead of my very important deadline because i know that ultimately it's your health that is just mm. so much more important and literally it seems like everything is so urgent and needs to be done right away and until you get sick and then once you're mm. sick you don't you realize that the only thing that truly mattered mm. is just your health <laughs> because when you're sick you just don't feel like doing anything mm. at all and you realize wow. how unimportant it truly is and another topic that i really wanted to touch mm. upon with you is going from the diet culture and uh, and moving towards intuitive eating and your journey in terms of trying out different diet cultures and then now being on this beautiful journey of intuitive eating. And my favorite part is how not extreme you are in the sense that you say, you know, if 80, 90% I eat healthy, I'm okay with having 10% of just like not restricting myself or not going crazy about not sticking to these strict rules. And I really like that part. So let's dive deeper into mm -hmm. that topic. Yeah. I mean, I was deep into diet culture for a very long time. Ever since I was young, I would follow certain people who would say, do this, do that, eat this amount of calories, whatnot, and you will look like me. And what I've come to realize is that it's not necessarily diet culture that's the fault. I think a huge mindset shift that I've had is taking responsibility for the things that I've done or the things that I think about. And diet culture will only affect you if there is something that they can latch onto. If there's nothing to latch onto, it will not affect you. And that is something that has really shifted my perspective. And it made me realize that the reason I was so steeped in diet culture was because I was hurting and I was suffering. And I thought if I looked a certain way, if I had this physical body, then I would finally be enough. And also it was a form of control because there was so much that I couldn't control in my life when I was younger. And that leaked into me wanting control of everything, everything that I could control one of them being my body. And I would say one of the, the ways that I was able to separate myself from diet culture was a lot of intention and a lot of work in the sense where I started unfollowing anyone and everyone that 
made me feel insecure, that was showing too much of their body, that was putting too much emphasis on their worth or their value being on the way that they look. And I just started unfollowing, whether it be YouTube, online, social media, everywhere. I just did a huge cleanse and I stopped watching those things because the more you reinforce your brain with those images, the more you're going to think about them. And as I was just taking a step back, I also would start reading books. I would start following people who are really into intuitive eating. I started going to therapy. I started really reflecting. And a big thing was I actually started to address my emotions and my negative emotions. And that really helped me because now I wasn't coping with all of the things that I was struggling with, with food or with body or with exercise. And I wasn't using food or body as a way to numb myself or feel better about myself, but I was using other healthy, healthy coping mechanisms like journaling, talking, reflecting, going to therapy, all of these other inner work things that was allowing me to recognize that by, by contrib or by, um, constantly even giving a hint of diet culture, even saying like, oh, mate, I just want half of this, half of that. Even if you just want half of what people say, that is still reinforcing your in your brain that this is what is important or whatever it may be. And it has been a long journey, but I would say for intuitive eating is my number one tip for anyone who wants to start is take away all the distractions. When I eat now, I don't watch any YouTube and I used to do that. And it was another form of numbing myself and not being connected with my food. So now I never, ever watch anything. I'm never on my phone. I, I plate all of my food. I sit down. I try to take a deep breath or just calm myself down and really taste the flavor. Don't focus on the calories, on whatever it may be. Focus on the texture, on the taste, on the color. How much do you actually enjoy this food? And yeah, and really focus on your hunger and fullness scale. So how full do I feel? How hungry do I feel? And I started to let go of all of these restrictions that I've had, like intermittent fasting or these labels and really just listen to my body. And people ask me, how do you do that? How do you do that? By taking away distractions in your life. It could be not, not eating with the TV on, not eating with Netflix, just sitting by yourself in the it may be just taking a moment for yourself or, um, yeah, just really pausing and slowing down. And for me, I love what you said about me not having these restrictive labels because I actually don't even like the label 80 to 90%. Um, I just say that I am mostly plant-based where I try to eat mostly whole foods. And I share that on my platform because I want people to be inspired and encouraged by that. But literally like the other day at um, work, there were donuts and they were regular donuts and I had one. And it's because I realized that the more I tell myself I can't have something, the more it's going to be enticing. And I'm going to end up binging on the crackers or coming home and eating something else anyways. So might as well just have that little thing and recognize that one item, one food is not going to ruin my entire diet. And, you know, 80 to 90% of the time I'm eating fresh whole foods, but I never like to label myself as vegan or gluten-free or plant-based or whatever it may be. It's I truly just focus on eating whole foods. And if every so often a food that is not gluten-free, dairy-free, whatever it may be, you know, the healthiest thing, that's okay because food is also an emotion. It is connected to feeling 
fueling your soul as well and not just your body, but there has to be a balance as well. And so, yeah, there's so much I could go into intuitive eating and that's a journey I'm continuing on, but I think it's really important to take a step back, remove distractions and really in the beginning, allow yourself to, um, not confuse emotional hunger with physical. That's a big one. And I, I definitely think with emotional hunger and actual physical hunger, removing the distraction is a big one. And the other big one personally for me was chewing my food. Like literally you need to chew it so much more than we do because sometimes, Mm. you know, you just like chew it a bit and then, but then you actually need to properly do it. And only once, uh, because it's easier for you to digest it. And also then you eat not as fast and you also like get a a chance for your, uh, for the food to actually get to your stomach. And then you actually feel full because if you eat the whole thing in two minutes, like you will still not feel that food Mm -hmm. there and you can keep eating, even though it's all, Mm -hmm. you're already full. So actually like chewing and slowing down the food process has been huge for me. And, uh, yeah, many people, many times it just like when you're distracted watching TV, just like taking those bites so fast, (laughs) I'm not saying that, uh, I, Yeah. And I, and I want to go on top of that. And I want to emphasize what you said about chewing your food and taking a moment. And when you, I also want to say that what has really helped me is to never be in a position where I'm starving, where I'm literally like, I could eat anything and everything and I'm ravenous. I try to never allow myself to get to that point because when I'm in that state, I just want anything and I eat so quickly And it's not good for my body as well. And I think that's really important is to really lower the stress and the levels of cortisol in your body. And so I never try to allow myself to be more than just hungry. And I intentionally carry snacks or eat more throughout the day, you know, split it up so that I'm not starving when I eat so that when I do eat, I can be very calm and present and very mindful And I think that has really helped me is allowing myself to never be starving. And at the same time, recognizing, you know, like, okay, what are small ways that I can really slow down and calm my nervous system down so I'm not stressed? Yeah, absolutely. It makes such a big difference. And honestly, when I notice that I'm stressed, and I'm just trying to eat. I don't even feel hungry at that moment. And if, if, even like if I say just like, no, but I have to eat, you know, I just have this like slow to eat and I have to eat. And then I don't have time to relax. And it, it just feels like you're stuffing down like the food. It doesn't feel like it's been digested properly. And it just, you feel mm-hmm. even more anxious after eating it. So just taking that moment is has been so, so important. And it's obviously always a work in progress. It's not like you ever will be doing it always perfectly but another thing that you also mentioned i love the donut story and i love that you're mentioning that it's if you if you think that um if you just like allow yourself to go for the donut and then move on with your life don't obsess about it and there's this story that it reminds me of and it's about two Mm -hmm. monks one senior monk and one younger monk and they were uh, walking in the village and then they saw this uh, woman who was trying to get over the river but she couldn't so then the older monk just helped her to get over Mm -hmm. the river and the young Mm -hmm. monk was looking at the older one and was shocked because it, he, the monks were not allowed to touch women. It was their rule in their monastery. 
So, but the older monk just helped the woman get over the, the river and then they came back to the monastery and that the young monk is still like obsessing over that, thinking about that and then brings up the courage and asks the older monk, um, mm. why did you carry that woman? He was like, and the older monk replies, why are you still carrying that woman in your thoughts? And I just think it's so interesting because so many things mm. are like the older monk, he just helped and just did what, that one thing and moved on with his life. Whereas we can still carry so much in our thoughts past mm. the event that actually is even harming us way more than mm. that actual event. So for example, allowing yourself to have the donuts mm. and to have a good time with your colleagues at work and actually is not harm, harmful to you, but always like afterwards yeah. for weeks on end obsessing over that you broke your rules or you ate something that's better for you. It could be so much worse mm -hmm. than actual act of eating the donuts. So I really loved when no. I saw when you were mentioning that yes. I just ate the donuts and I moved on with my life. I was like, I love it. That's exactly that monk who carried the woman. He just moved on with his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I also want to say that there was a point where I was so rigid because when I started to get into health and wellness and really um, research and educate myself on the things that went into food, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't food. This isn't food. Like, this is going to kill me. This, this and that, you know? And I started to obsess over everything had to be organic and fresh and the highest quality ingredients and nothing could ever be processed. But the crazy thing is, even though I was so on quote unquote, eating the healthiest I have ever eaten, mentally it was horrible and i think that is something we have to keep in mind is health is holistic it's not just about what you put in your body but it's about your mind your body and your soul and when you just eat healthy foods whatever it may be but you your mindset is obsessing over or stressed i think stress has an even greater impact on your health than certain foods because i don't know if you've heard about this but people will say how come people in France or in Italy can eat pizza and pasta and all of these carbs and dairy, and they're not overweight and they're not fat compared to Americans who are obsessed over being gluten-free and dairy-free and all of this stuff, right? And it's because the secret is they take the time to eat with family and friends and their lunch or their dinner is like an hour long where they're sitting with family and friends, they're talking with people, they're having a glass of wine, and it truly is they respect and they almost treasure this moment that they have together and they allow themselves to have the food that they want, like the pizza, the pasta, but it's in such smaller portions and they just enjoy the food. They take time. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm speaking on their behalf, but from what I have learned is in the mornings, they will take time to eat their food and it's not mm -hmm. just a rush and a go, go, go versus in America. Everything is about just a fast pacedness. And so a lot of the times it's not just about the food that you're eating, but it's your mental state as well. And I think that is absolutely critical. And something that I want to encourage people is the food that you eat never, ever, ever will define your worth. And when I started to fully recognize that and say the food that I eat is not going one item, that donut is not going to kill me. Okay. That is just the fact in itself. Obviously, if I ate donuts like every single day, that's the only thing I eat. Okay, maybe I would feel horrible about myself in the long run, but one food and one item is not going to make or break it. And when I started to shift into focusing on 
how food fuels me, my body and my soul and how, you know, having that donut or having that cake, like will allow me to just have a great experience with family and friends. Like for my birthday, I'm going to have this Korean cake um, from my favorite grocery store. And, you know, it's just like a regular cake and it's the most delicious cake. And I grew up eating that. And, you know, it's not plant-based, it's not gluten-free, dairy-free, whatever it may be. But I know for my birthday, I'm going to have that cake and I'm going to buy that cake and I'm going to enjoy my time with my friends and my family and just treasure that moment because that is what life is about. It's not about obsessing over the food that you eat constantly because your mental health and the stress you put on yourself is just as equally important, if not even more important with the food that you eat as well. So it's always holistic. Your body is so interconnected with your mind. Absolutely. I I think we went quite deep down that topic and I absolutely agree. That's exactly what life is about. Also about actually also enjoying your life, enjoying the small moments and making sure that the experiences that you are having are worth it. And I think it's a good moment to ask before I ask my last question. Mm Where can people connect with you, reach out to you, join your community? Um, you guys can follow me on Instagram at health with Jisoo. That's J-I-S-U. And that is the, the only platform, social media platform I have. I also have a podcast called the Head to Toe Podcast. And you can also find the link in my bio, but I also have incredible guests on there. I also do solo episodes. It's all about holistic health and wellness. And in terms of my Instagram account, I will share plant-based recipes. I'll also share tips on how to find joyful movement. It's truly such a holistic approach to health. I've also been um, sharing ways to avoid chemical products in your life and trying to detox, whether it be through perfumes or deodorants or conditioners. So it is a huge range of things on my account, but that's what I love. And instead of you know, tunneling myself, I totally could have just said, okay, I'm just going to share recipes, but that's not who I am. You know, like I'm so passionate about approaching health in a very holistic manner. So if you ever need any encouragement, any advice, I'm also very active on my stories. Come and DM me and say that you listened to this episode and let's chat. So definitely find me at health. And my last question would be brace yourself. It's quite a complex one. So what would be your biggest future regret? So it is something that when you will be 80 years old, you will be looking back on your life and you think, oh, I wish I've done that. And I knew that I should do it and I have not done that. So now at at your point of time, you have not done that yet, but you already know that it's something that you would for sure regret if you don't do it. So what would be that for you? Mm, That's a great question. I would say the life I'm living right now. So if I can backtrack just a moment, I was a pre-med student my entire life. Ever since I was 10, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. But once I graduated from college and I was studying for the MCAT, which in America is a seven hour long exam in order to apply to medical school. I was studying all throughout college after graduation, hours on end, for this career that I thought I wanted, but deep inside, I didn't feel quite fulfilled. And that's something I want to share with people is that if it doesn't truly set your soul on fire, then I don't think that is your purpose or that for me, that wasn't my purpose, right? 
And for me, I knew that I would regret not just trying what I'm doing right now. Like what I'm doing right now is my absolute dream. And it's scary because every single day I have to challenge so many limiting beliefs about myself. And it's a completely different career path, completely different field than going to medical school, doing the traditional nine to five, working in a hospital, being a doctor. But I knew that I owed it to myself and owed it to my 80 year old future version of me. That if I didn't just quit medical school, quit my job in the emergency department, get a new job that I actually enjoy, start an Instagram account, go for this crazy dream of wanting to be a content creator, influencer, whatever title. I, I don't really enjoy that title, but whatever title you have. And if I didn't pursue this crazy dream of making a career or just having a life where I can just share my story and inspire people through my healthy lifestyle or helping people really take care of their wellness online or through my podcast or really inspiring millions of people, I knew that I was going to regret that decision at 80. So what I'm doing right now would, if I wasn't doing it, that would be my regret. So every single day I'm challenging myself. I'm overcoming so many fears, but I absolutely love it. And it's been the most incredible journey and it has allowed me to connect with amazing people like you. And so I would say right now, my, my, my only thing is I constantly think about that is, okay, how can I act in a way where I'm not going to regret it? And I would honestly say that in this season of my life, I have been challenging myself to be the boldest and most courageous I have ever been. And to really let go of the lid of my dreams. That's something that I've also listened to from a Mel Robbins podcast is one of the hardest things that we can do is not actually the steps to get to where we want to go, but is to take off the lid of our dreams. And when I heard that, I was like, you know what? You're right. I've been putting a lid on my dream. I'm going to take a lid off of my dream and start dreaming even bigger. And so that is what I'm doing right now. It's such a challenge, but it has just been the most incredible journey so far. Um, that was a very long answer, but I will leave it at that with there. And I hope that this encourages anyone to just really challenge themselves and recognize that if you start to pursue something you actually want, there will be challenges. You are going to start from zero. You might not have success right away, but you have to keep pushing forward. Even if no one believes in you when you're lonely, when no one else in your family or in your life can be an example for you, you might just have to be the first person who does it. And that has been the Jisoo, case for me, thank so. you so much yeah. for coming onto the show. It has been such a pleasure to have this conversation with you. And I'm so certain that it will help and benefit so many people listening in. And please go ahead and check her page. You'll definitely benefit from all her tips and it will then encourage you to live a healthier lifestyle. Thank you so much, Lisa.